Testing, testing, are we good? Sound all right? Do we sound good? Do we sound fine? Are we ready to go? I think so. Okay. All right, cool. So welcome back. This week we are going from Montenegro to Southeast Asia, the land of smiles. Yeah, Thailand. Specifically Bangkok. Yep, this week's episode will be only Bangkok. Because we were there for eight to ten days, roughly. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, eight to ten days. Eight to ten yeah. very eventful days. This was where culture shock definitely came in full force and where we had a big experience with culture shock. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck what? With the... I fucking hate starting. Culture shock. I know. It's just, it's like riding a bike. It's bumpy at first and then we'll get the hang of it. Is that what riding a bike is like? Um, maybe. I don't know. What's the other analogy? Oh, starting a car. <laughs> That's the one. An old car. Oh, starting an old or cold car. Yeah. It's like... Hi guys, welcome to the Beans Talk Podcast, where we talk about everything travel. Sharing first-hand travel advice and getting to the bottom of real-life experiences in the hopes to inspire you to get out there yourself. And then, welcome back. We'll have everything to talk about. So yeah... This is what happened. And this is where we went. I wonder what we do now. And this is what we saw. But anyways, so from Tivat, we flew to Abu Dhabi, which is in the United Arab Emirates. And this is... Pronounced just like that. United Arab Emirates. I don't like it. I don't like it either. Um, but this was also somewhat of a culture shock, um, just for the brief little layover that we had there because... Layover slash terminal change. Yeah, basically. But I remember the... It was so hot, so sandy. We... I felt like we were in a cloud of sand. Not in the actual airport, but we had to take a bus to get transferred outside to Mm -hmm. another terminal. A different terminal, yeah. It wasn't like we just walked from inside the airport to another one. We had to actually get out, mm-hmm. hop on a bus, wait in line, yeah, and then get transferred, and then hop out and mm-hmm. go in another entrance. Yeah, and so this heat hit you like a fucking wave. It was just unbearable. It was gnarly. It was pretty gnarly. It was like the hottest thing that I had experienced before we got to Asia. <laughs> but I also remember being in the airport, and we were like the odd men out. We did not look like anybody else. No, there was a lot of those, uh, you know, like Muslim robes and burqas. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so. Here we were with, like, shorts and T-shirts and oh, yeah. big backpacks. So out of place, but uh, it was cool because, I mean, it's totally different. Yeah, it wasn't, like, uncomfortable. No, because everybody's just um, catching their flights and feeling. flying out or coming in. But it going. just, it felt like you were really traveling. Yeah, totally. Like you were definitely away from home. Mm-hmm. So we just boarded the next flight. And so the flight from Montenegro to Abu Dhabi was about eight hours. 
And then the flight that we got from Abu Dhabi to Bangkok was about six and a half, I believe. And um, this whole way, I was just, just about running back and forth to the bathroom on each flight because I was still pretty sick from the uh, whatever I had caught in Montenegro. So these were not the most pleasant of flights for me. But yeah, I guess we got in pretty late into Bangkok. It was dark and we didn't... It was dark. We didn't know how we were going to get into the city where was um, the hostel that we had booked. Yeah, this is where we were used to traveling Europe where it was just like, oh yeah, just catch the bus or whatever, mm. catch this. We'll find it out as you get there. There's yeah. lots of options. This yeah. was like you arrived and you're like, okay, I don't really know what the, what the hell I'm doing yeah. or how to get to where I need to go. Yeah, what's the protocol here? How do we catch a cab or how do we get a bus or how, you know, how do we get there? So it was all very new. And so at this point, point in the year it was September September 16th yeah yeah and we had been traveling for just over four months yeah we had arrived at night and um I have here written down because it's kind of odd that us here in the states we would say oh we arrived at 10 30 but almost everywhere else in the world uses the 24-hour clock so that is another thing that if you are going to be traveling abroad, you kind of got to get used to. The military time. Mm-hmm. What we At least what Yankees we call. <laughs> call military time. And so, uh, yeah, it would have been 23, or gosh. It's so funny because I even use this on my phone. Like, I don't use the 12-hour clock anymore. You're I really just don't. cool. No, I'm just saying to get used to it. Shut the fuck up. Um, but, yeah, it would have been like a 2230. But people still say 10.30. No, they don't. Yeah. No, they don't. Okay. Because it's not 10.30. You're right. Let's go and carry on. <laughs> okay. But anyway, so in the airport, we had tried, I think, connecting to their Wi-Fi or looking for, you know, a bus, and we couldn't find a bus, and then... The wife, there is no bus, and the Wi-Fi, we couldn't connect. No. Because all of... you. I guess you were kind of able to, but it was all in Thai, yeah. which is scribbles. And we were like, I don't know what this says or this, what this means yeah. or which one even click or this where isn't I'm, helping. you know, yeah. how I'm being navigated through this mm -hmm. attempt to try to log on. So we just hopped out front. Yeah, we were told to wait in this line and grab a cab. To get in a taxi, a taxi. rank. And... They're called taxis there, right? Or are they called something else? Taxi, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. But oh. a rank is like a line, isn't it? Like a taxi rank? Oh, I didn't know that. Did you have that in your notes? I want to say that was from, like, England. Oh. I don't know. I was like, oh, that's a weird name. I remember it was from somewhere, and I was like, oh, that's a kind of a gross, weird word to use. But <laughs> It's rank. You're getting the rank. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we ended up splurging on a taxi to get us to our hostel, which was a whole 12.50 U.S. dollars. <laughs> which... Our hostel was uh, in the Backpacker District area, which is Kalsan Road, mm -hmm. um, which is 32 kilometers away. So it took a while to get there. Yeah, it took about 40 um, minutes or so. By so 12.50, like by U.S. standards, isn't a lot. No. But for there it is. It is a lot. But we had no idea. We had no, you know. There's no reference. And we were used to. There's no to, reference to compare. So. We were used to like European prices for stuff. So this was like, oh yeah, twelve fifty, sure. But when you think about the exchange rate and then the cost of living over there, it kind of 
is a lot. No, it's expensive. <laughs> it is. It's later come to find out there's actually a sky train which is on a higher level that you can take all the way into kind of like a central area of Bangkok mm -hmm. and it costs uh, 45 baht per person. Which is the equivalent of $1.30 US. So Cheap. the twelve fifty to get there was a lot more expensive. Definitely. However, you know, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like you have no reference of what things should cost. But yeah, 45 baht, that's, yeah, it's super cheap. Yeah, so when you think about it, we just spent like almost a week's worth of meals on one taxi cab, right? Yeah. So, so it's a lot of just like trial and error and figuring things yeah. out as you go of what things should cost versus... Mm -hmm. It's easy to get ripped off, and I would expect to, yeah. at some point, multiple times, you will get ripped off. So just, it's almost, there's no avoiding it, just no. expect it at some point. Yeah, yeah. You just deal with it. You live, and you learn, and you figure out what to look for, you know, to avoid that in the future, so. Yeah. So for us, uh, one U.S. dollar at the time equaled a 36 baht. Yeah. Thai baht. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd exchanged, I still had some pounds and I was like, I don't know when we're going to get to London or England again. Yeah. And I don't know if we will, um, at the time. So I just exchanged 60 pounds. So I got just over 3,100 baht, nice. which I did at the airport. So it sounded like a lot, which it is too. Mm -hmm. Um, that'll last you a good, good yeah, stretch. That, yeah. That'll last me a while. Yeah. Did you get it at the airport? You at the airport, it? yeah, too. So, yeah, another thing to note possibly for future travelers is that you want to try to avoid exchanging money in airports because the exchange rate is most likely going to not be in your favor. It'll be a little worse because yeah. it's usually for more desperate people, which I guess we kind of were because we, we were, didn't have yeah. any no. Thai bot. We needed to get into where we needed to go to exactly. our stay. So. Yeah, but if you, I mean, you could have, we could have maybe like exchanged less money and then maybe exchange more money outside of the airport. Um, but you know, that's another thing that we had to learn. Yeah, and also we had no idea how much things should cost. Totally. So I was yeah. like, oh, I got 60 pounds. We're like, yeah. you know, that could easily be spent in a day in oh. England where it's oh, like yeah. the conversion of 3,100 baht could last you quite a while. Yeah, like, for sure. At Weeks. least a week. <laughs> yeah. But I do remember when we did jump in that cab, we, uh, were joined by a couple of mosquitoes, which I was like, oh shit. Which you're very, at least we, mm -hmm. were pretty uh, cautious and mm -hmm. a little nervous of the mosquitoes with malaria and dengue fever. Because we had gotten vaccinations to avoid those specific things in this area. So we were kind of on high alert that, oh, this is a possibility of being something you can get over here. But, you know, we didn't find out until later that you really don't have to worry about the city mosquitoes. It's more of like the rural kind of like in the mountain or kind of backwoodsy yeah, area like mosquitoes. if you're in the jungle or something or... yeah like if you're doing a big hike and maybe got you know but bit up there typically in southeast asia if you're in a big city uh you shouldn't have to worry about yeah, it yeah you should be all right uh there are a few other little spots where like you might get dengue but the probability is a lot lower yeah for sure but yeah if you're definitely out in 
you know, off the beaten trail is when you got to really watch out. Yeah. But I remember, I, I, I felt like such a tourist just riding in the cab because I was like, oh my God, a mosquito. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get sick or die. <laughs> totally. And I was like trying to swat at this thing and I bet the driver was just like, yeah, oh, they're fucking tourists. It was funny though because like, I think he was trying to talk to us or we were trying to talk to him and I was like kind of paying attention to him, but also like avoiding the mosquito and trying to swat at it and shit. So he was probably yeah. just like, what? These people are weird. But yeah, yeah. so it was dark, and yeah. uh, it had just rained a lot, and mm-hmm. it, was still, it was still raining, like, kind of off and on on the ride into basically central Bangkok. Yeah, it was raining pretty heavy there for a bit, and there yeah. was, like, some lightning and thunder and stuff, so it was yeah. kind of exciting and, you know, brand new. It was definitely not cold. No, not in the slightest. We do get to the area near our hostel, because we gave him the general direction of where we needed to go and a couple cross streets. And he uh, was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that place. And then he dropped us out front of this hotel. It was like this big hotel. And right on the top, it In said... big letters. Yeah. Huge, like, neon glowing letters. It just said uh, Chillax. Chillax. And we were like, oh, that's a funny name. Yeah, we were like, okay, I don't think this and is... And this is not where we're staying. No. <laughs> so, yeah, but... he dropped us off right up front, and uh, one of the reception, or what is he, like a bag boy, or what do they call him? <laughs> bag boy. Uh, I think just one of, like, concierge or whatever, kind of one of the guys at the front. It's not like a bellhop, is it? That's like an old term, too. Yeah, but I guess it's... Basically, what he the is, fuck right? Is the name, yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah, like just a bellhop. A... Uh, he basically ran out, like opened the trunk, started bringing our bags, yeah, and we like, were kind of like, "Wait, wait, wait! This isn't where we're staying. Yeah. Give our shit back." Yeah, and... we're like, "Wait, wait a minute!" He took him inside, like into the lobby, and we're like, "Oh, uh, uh, well." So we just had to like walk into the lobby and grab our bags again and be like, "Sorry, not yeah. you know, not here." So we just paid the driver and then. uh went and retrieved our bags and yeah. basically explained that this isn't where we're staying but yeah where we are staying is uh, this place called the oasis hostel yeah we asked him kind of where it was and he knew you know in the general area he's like oh yeah yeah head we this way and that pointed way. the general direction and yeah. kind of told us where it was mm-hmm. but it was still a little you know a little bit of a search and stuff and was were we using google maps at this time yet i want to say we were but not uh as well as we could have been yeah mm-hmm. to where like you can download a whole city's area yeah and we hadn't done that yet we just Mm-mm. had kind of kind of looking to see if you know whereabouts this or that is and i don't know if we even knew a blout a, a blout i don't think we knew about the blue dot <laughs> yeah but yeah so kind of what carl is saying is you can download a whole area and then um, I think it just works offline, yeah, so you don't so even then, have to connect to Wi-Fi. Yeah, because if you don't, then it's just, it's useless. Yeah, but then It you, doesn't have, like, the streets, no, uh, you, you know, it doesn't there's like keep n- you, you know, it doesn't follow you, because, no, you know, it doesn't no, pinpoint where you're at. No information, really, it's not detailed at all, but as soon as you download the map of the area... You can zoom in as much as you can, like as much as you want, and it's got all the information. Yeah, all the little streets, mm-hmm. and it's actually it gives you a pretty good vicinity, like of the area too. It's not yeah. just like a small. No, it's area. a huge it's... map. Yeah, you can make it as big as you want. It just the file size gets larger and larger. So. Right. But yeah, so we we didn't know about that yet, but we did 
you know, wander kind of in the way that he said. And maybe just by our very simple map, we were able to find it, luckily. On the walk there, this is really where I kind of felt like the culture shock, like, hit me. Yeah, because this is like we were out of the cab, away mm -hmm. from the airport, central Bangkok. Yeah. It's at night. Everything's damp and wet. Yeah. It's it, not raining anymore, but it's definitely no. puddles and stuff. There and were, And we yeah. were like, all right, we got to go down this alley. Mm -hmm. Well, it felt, to me, it felt like all the streets were alleys because yeah. they're so narrow. It's very... Um, condensed. Like everything's pretty small, very condensed. You can fit maybe like a taxi down one of those little side streets, you know, but it would be hard to get, there definitely no room for multiple lanes of traffic as far yeah, as it's, vehicles. It's mostly motorbikes. It's mostly motorbikes, yeah. yeah. And There's so, just no room for everyone to have a car. There'd be no way no, that uh -uh. that's even doable. Yeah. And so, you know, as we're walking, it's kind of drizzling on us, like Carl said, and we're <laughs> trying to avoid stepping on frogs because they were rampant everywhere. Yeah, because it had rained, all the frogs had mm -hmm. come out, and you could hear them croaking mm -hmm. all over the alleyway. Yeah, and so, like, as you're walking, too, they don't really differentiate between areas so much as far as, like, what's business and what is residential. residential. So... Here in the States, we like to separate those two things and put all the there's houses. Like the suburbs. Yeah. And then there's, you know, the downtown workplace. Yeah, these are the business district. And you know that you can go here to get food and that. And then you go into the suburbs and this is where your houses are. And, you know, so it's very um, distinct, the two different areas. But in Asia, it's like that it's all just jumbled together. So you could be walking down one of these little side streets and it could be you know, someone's shop or someone's house or both. And yeah, a lot of the, the time same, it was. Yeah. And then you'd see like uh, sleeping food carts where, you know, you can tell that they, when the day comes, they, you know, liven those things up and start cooking food and selling to people. And it was just kind of cool because... It's all very different. It was all very different. It's just very foreign. Something we had never experienced before. And, you know, you turn either side of the street and you're looking into someone's living room. And they have the doors wide open. A lot of the time it was kind of like those roll-top, almost garage-style doors where it's just like, oh, there's there's someone's house and you can just look right into it. It's, it's interesting because it doesn't feel like so private but you also don't feel like you're intruding you know it's just yeah, it's it's like the they way clearly don't care no because you yeah. just walk down the alley and there'd be this big you know open doorway mm -hmm. with someone sitting on the couch and you see them just watching the tv or yeah. something and yeah which is stacked on a pile of you know crates or boxes yeah. or something mm -hmm. amongst all their other shit that's kind of you know kind of clustered and it's rat packed in there because they only have so much room anyway yeah but it's yeah it's just a whole nother world it was cool and there was like always um incense on either side of the doorway the doorways which was cool because you know it's it's like these little red embers with a trail of smoke and to so get know. little whiffs of yeah, yeah incense here nice and there incense. some of the smells were pretty good some of them weren't so good yeah, some of the streets fucking stink. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that street. Oh, like, what God. was that? we got to hold our breath for this next block. It's like a durian cart or something. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, you kind of had to avoid, like, motorbikes whizzing by, too, so. 
it was uh it was cool just walking around and getting to our hostel and stuff so as the rain had stopped and it started to warm up a bit you could very much feel the humidity start to rise because it's still nighttime it was but yeah definitely with the rain gone mm -hmm. it's still like warmed up yeah <laughs> even though there was no sun yeah exactly it was kind of crazy but yeah um you could almost like see the mist from like the it, heat of the water evaporating and yeah. it was just instant humidity and we were like holy shit it was nuts it, we were definitely sweating by the time we got to the hostel yeah. it was you know you could feel it but yeah we finally found the the oasis sign hanging out front and we walked in and there's like this large kind of garden area i think there was like a little kiddie pool off into one corner which i was like I don't know why you have that there. It's just going to attract mosquitoes. <laughs> but then I think uh, once we experienced like a daytime there, I was like, oh, that's why you have it. It's fucking hot out, <laughs> you know. But there were a lot of people just kind of chilling out front in the front desk kind of area. and yeah, It was kind of just like a little hang area with the table and yeah. chairs. and There were several backpackers just having some beers and talking about, you know, travel most likely. Yeah, it's usually when you're meeting backpackers in this kind of setting, you get asked a few different questions, and they kind of... They're generally always the same ones. Yeah. But it starts with, like, where are you from? Where have you been? What have you seen? Like, where are you going next? And then maybe later it's like, oh, yeah, what's your name? <laughs> yeah, so. name's, like, question five. At least, yeah. So. How long have you been gone for? How long are you going? Yeah. We didn't really stay and converse with anybody. We wanted to check into our room. We were pretty tired from the flights and the long couple days of traveling. We reserved a private room, which was kind of nice. Because uh, it was cheap. It was cheap, yeah. And so it was for, we had like eight to ten days, like we had said, and we go up into our private room, which also had air conditioning, which was very nice however it wasn't 24 hours no you couldn't just sit there and run it all the time if you were hot which is what you wanted to do yeah basically but then you'd probably never get out of your room it'd be harder to it would be harder to so they yeah they shut it off at like 11 p.m or a.m a.m yeah so it ran overnight yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, so at least, like, while you slept, it was, you know, For sure. Um, but once, you know, once 11 a.m. rolled around, you had to shut it off. And, and it was in no time flat that the room was, like, fucking a sticky hot it mess. Was, it took, like, five minutes, and then you're like, oh, all right, we're getting out of we here. We need to get out of the room now. But it was kind of funny, this room, because it was very simple. It had, like, a coat rack, a bookshelf, and then a bed. The bed was, what, like two-thirds of the room? Yeah, seriously. There wasn't even a way to kind of, you know, kind of sidestep onto the bed. You Yeah, the whole, the the bed was, you know, side-to-side, wall-to-wall. So it, um, you had to jump over the, the railing of the... It was interesting. The, yeah, and so you're like, all right, well, get into bed, and you like, run and jump, wee! And um, we were kind of, you know, you get to a room, you kind of inspect it, and like, oh, what's this, what's that? And I saw this giant smear of a fucking bloody booger on the wall on my side of the bed, and I was like, oh. And I had to clean that shit off before I, you know, could do anything else in the room. I definitely couldn't have fucking slept with knowing there was staring a at that. sick yeah. bloody booger staring at me. Gross. Yeah. We wanted to shower, like, right away, I remember. Because 
it's just yeah. when you travel mm -hmm. and sweat, it's not a normal sweat. No. I think we've mentioned that before where it's yeah. just like a different level of grime. You don't sweat normally. It's like thick and gross and yeah. something about like circulated air and in my planes I don't know. and yeah i'm just you want to get that shit off though because it's mm -hmm. thick and yeah it's yeah and as we were getting into you know more and more heat it was just we felt pretty gross so the showers were very nice just and to... interesting yeah they were pretty interesting it was almost like a big communal... it's like a separate building it was a separate building but it was almost like communal style but they were all divided by brick walls yeah like there was a bunch of different there was what, like three or four doors on each side of this building mm -hmm. and each went into its own separate little shower. wash shower yeah. unit area and bathroom or toilet so and there was no ceiling but there was a roof that was kind of raised above yeah so, so you if you privacy. raised your arm yeah. you could see someone else or you couldn't see someone else but you could like <laughs> see like, a yes, hand please, pop up or I something i want to see someone else but you could definitely hear other people and yeah i think you shared a beer with a dude didn't you one night he's like here you want me, you want a beer and yeah there like was clearly people in the stall next to me there mm. were actually two german guys and they were showering they could hear the water going in mine too and they're mm. like there's someone over there <laughs> and i was like yeah it's someone's here yep <laughs> what kind of accent was that someone over there i don't know <laughs> i don't even know what that is <laughs> i don't either <laughs> Over but he basically handed over so one of the more popular beers over there chong yeah and we, he's, or we called him big chang at first when we didn't know well there's big and little chong. changs because oh, yeah. there's different sizes oh yeah mm -hmm. but it's pronounced chong right not yeah chang. i think we thought it was chang we did so yeah i was showering and the guy you know reaches his arm over with the bottle of beer and was like would you like a drink and yeah. i was like oh sure i guess <laughs> went in rome and yeah. So we're just passing back and forth this uh, beer as we're showering. It's kind of interesting. But yeah. It's one of those moments that always sticks with me, too, that mm -hmm. I don't know why. I don't know was it your for first... what reason that stuck with me, but I think about that one a lot. Was it your first beer shower experience? Beer, like, shower share. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember those. Oh. <clears throat> oh, let me just clear my frog in my throat. I remember that. <laughs> I remember when I smoked up my <laughs> cigarettes in a day. Um, no, I remember those showers specifically because when you would uh, get, when you would be in there, there would always be like little geckos that would like pop up around the place because they liked you know. They were just where as the long as like was. one of your fingers. They They're were pretty so small, little. like little green geckos, but Cute. they'd make these white. little chirpy sounds. Yeah. That were very distinct, and after mm -hmm. a while, you're like, oh, Thailand, you know. Yeah. It's also, you know, you had to kind of watch out for mosquitoes, too, because it wasn't like, you know, you're closed in there. It was all kind of like open air, you know, from... Yeah, otherwise it'd be way too fucking humid. Oh, good God. If it yeah. was all enclosed. You'd go into your little humid box and your die in there. sauna. <laughs> but like, what's so, the point of showering there? Right. So the toilet was in there also, and I was almost expecting, like, squatty potties to be everywhere. Where it's like... Because that's what we heard. We did. And that might have been like what it used to be, but... Maybe. But almost everywhere there are those Western toilets where you can just sit down. But the difference is, is that they have something that's called the bum gun. And it's a little hose that sits just right next to the tank. And when you're done, 
you can use this little sprayer that's on the hose to spray off your business, clean yourself, and then you just kind of dab yourself with the toilet paper. Basically then, just to dry yourself. Just to dry yourself off because you're already gun's clean. The supposed to spray it off. Yeah, exactly. So you're not really like wiping. Even though some people, I don't think, know how to use it, and that's what they would do, and you'd yeah. see like a dirty shit wipe in the in the trash, and you're like, dude. Yeah, because you don't on. put the toilet paper in the toilet. No, because their plumbing can't handle that. It just gets backed up, and then yeah. it's like fucked, and they have to go through this whole ordeal of yeah, exactly. taking everything. You know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't but even it, I guess know I've heard it's a big ordeal. Yeah, exactly. Just to get, I'm like, you guys. I don't know how that works because it can, yeah. you know, take poos down the drains but yeah, it can't but take can toilet paper disintegrate uh, easier in water than like paper can yeah does it yeah oh yeah but anyway so now that you have that pretty picture painted in your head all you would do is basically throw the toilet paper in the trash yeah there's always like drying. a little bin mm -hmm. somewhere which is funny because i think after using this for so long when we were in asia i almost preferred it to the other method because it's like oh well, no wonder fucking Westerners have to deal with hemorrhoids and all that shit because they're just wiping dry. <laughs> like the... Wiping it raw. Right? Like the water spritz was almost like, oh, you have a nice little handheld bidet where you can just, you know, really clean yourself. As well as like really if you're yourself. in Asia too or just yeah. anywhere, even if it's summertime in most places, mm -hmm. if you're sweaty, oh, yeah. like it just, it sprays off all the sweat too. It's, it's nice. almost more refreshing. Yeah. I would... I prefer it to be honest. Whenever we, it sounds weird at first, it but it's easy to get used to. And oh, once yeah. you start doing it, you're like, yeah, this makes so much sense. Why didn't anybody like? Why didn't why this are we catch just on? wiping, <laughs> and that's it? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it was uh, a pretty welcoming change for us to start getting used to the bum gun. But some there are still a lot of squatty potties. There are some squatty potties, definitely. Where it's but, basically like a small trough in the ground with yeah. a hole at one end. Yeah, so it's just it kind of just like a hole that you're squatting over and you know aiming for the, the hole. There's usually like a little ridged area on each side for, for where feet. you put your feet, mm -hmm. so you don't slip too. And... Exactly, and so um, especially like public bathrooms, you kind of have to expect it to be gnarly. Yeah, expect it to be pretty <laughs> gnarly. And um, make sure, I mean, the squatty potties are almost like I prefer, so I don't have to sit my ass on any gnarly seat, you know? It's actually, if you're not used to it, mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of a workout. It is. Like, if you're just squatting there and it's going to take a while, like, your legs start to shake. <laughs> they and, do, yeah. yeah. You're kind of like, whoa. Like, this you're is, like, holy crap, okay, I'm using my muscles. My thighs are burning. Yeah, I'm using muscles that I'm not used to using. So I, I would say any Asian leg would totally out... <laughs> outmatch you as far as muscle development i don't know muscle muscle mass oh, that's good <laughs> anyways um so yeah it was you know kind of a hard thing to get used to using the squatties but it's also um that's kind of like the way that our bodies have been designed to poo like i don't know where the western seat came into play because it's almost, I've heard, like, scientifically, that when you're sitting upright with your, you know, at your your legs at a 90 degree angle. Like if you're it, sitting on a chair or a toilet. Yeah, exactly. Like a western toilet. Mm -hmm. Then it's, your, your, like, bowels don't work as well. 
They're That's, not as functional. No. Like naturally. Yeah, there's yeah. something about the squatting that um, just kind of works it all out and allows you to... There's a lot of poop talk in this uh, episode, more than I was thinking that there was going to be, but... Knowing you, I'm not surprised welcome. at all. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, so an, a little thing to note if you're using the public toilets, uh, bring a little bit of teepee of your own, because otherwise there's going to be some lady out front charging you to uh you know buy some toilet paper to use in their public restroom because they usually do not keep them stocked at least in the um less fancy ones (laughs) in the uh yeah shitty ones no pun intended Um, So after checking in and getting cleaned up, it was still, you know, early enough, at least Mm -hmm. for us, you know, we're, you know, we had nowhere to be in the morning. So, uh, and we knew that we were close to Calson Road, which is Mm -hmm. basically the backpackers party road. Yeah. Uh, That's, you know, where all the backpackers tend to go and there's just... Wasted or tried some drugs or questionable eats. Or, yeah. Uh, so we ended up wanting to head down that way because I guess, you know, nighttime is when it's most lively anyway. And mm-hmm. it, it goes till early in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> was that your stomach? It was. It sounded like a little toot. Like, I mean, not like a fart, but like a little intestine inside fart. Well, that. Ooh. I'm. Sure it was. It sounded what? like a sad little elf or something. <laughs> now you were like... I was thinking like a little tugboat, like, doo. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think my body's used to coffee yet. I thought of like a depressed little gnome that was just like... Oh. <laughs> it could have been that. Oh my god. I'm crying. Yeah, so... Cows on road. My sad little elf didn't work. Cows on road. It's just thinking of all the street food and what it was going to do to your guts. And it's just like, oh, I'm not ready. It has PTSD from all the horrible shits I had in Asia. This might not go well. I remember those times. Okay, good God. So, Kassan Road. Yeah, we get to Kassan Road, and it is like another culture shock all in itself. It was crazy. So, it was what, like midnight, one in the morning or something? Yeah. And it was just nonstop with people walking sensory overload. Sensory overload for sure. There were guys saying ping pong show, ping pong show. And we later find out that it's... It's what it sounds like. It's, it's what you're thinking. It's exactly what you're thinking. No, tell them what it is. What if some people are like, oh, you just go and watch like... It's like professional a, ping pong players? <laughs> cool. They go in a room and you watch like a professional ping pong It's the sport of Thailand. Wow, cool. No, it's where... It's like a live sex show, kind of. Not people having sex, but women... Which you could see, too. Yeah, probably. Um... Did you? I didn't, but it was on the list. Like, people walk around with these laminated menus of, like... What do you want to see? This kinky shit. Yeah. You can see any of this stuff on this list. I remember having a drunken night and, like, 
grabbing the list from some guy and being like, what? The chopsticks? What the fuck is that? Yeah, it's like sexy chopsticks or something. <laughs> we were even like, what could that possibly be? You I don't let even... your imagination go wild and mine really thought of like a woman using the chopsticks to like pick up a dumpling. <laughs> I don't know. If she can pop ping pong balls out of there, then like who knows what she can do with that shit. Talent like no other, um, <laughs> but uh, so there was like booze, there was food, there was uh, Thai massage, um, which could have meant something else. I don't know. There were happy ending Thai massage. <laughs> there were sex workers. There was laughing gas, or we know it in the West as whippets. There were little carts where you could buy bugs or insects to eat. Yeah, a whole array of different kinds. So many. There are these little Thai women, and I don't say this as like a derogatory thing, but it's literally the smaller women that are like four foot something. They are. And they're older. Yeah. And they're all, I don't know why it's just them, this, but they have these little wooden frogs, and they have like, it's like ridges a on their back. Yeah. And it they makes run this, this wooden. specific noise. Sorry. You want to say it? Go. <laughs> no. As I'm in the middle of like explaining. Sorry. Like we're go. just battling for content. <laughs> I'm excited. Well, let me say something. Okay, go. So, yeah, it's these little wooden frogs, and they have these wooden ridges on the back, like the spine of the frog with a wooden stick that they run over it, and it makes a sound, and mm -hmm. it sounds like a frog. I wish I had one right now. So, so they're using that, and then they just come up to you, and they're making the sound with the frog as they run a stick along the ridge. Yeah. Or they have these, uh, it's the same women that have these bracelets that are embroidered oh with, God, like, yeah fucked up sayings hand sewn yeah yeah uh that's yeah embroidered along the bracelet that says like donkey lips or like it's fuck slut or you yeah, know like it's like the most random you know, like, do you know what this means you know what this translates too. to do you yeah. know what you're selling totally there was and... like cunt salad was one of them that i saw i was like what the fuck is a cunt yeah salad? it's like what are you selling yeah, little it's... lady <laughs> They were adorable, though, man. Like they, they just were... come up with this smile. They're usually like they do. older, so happy, and just like, hey, you know, you want this? And it was funny because as you're walking down the road, you would hear a frog, and you're like, where? And you just maybe think it was a frog, and then it would get closer and closer and closer, and you'd think that like this frog's kind of like following you, and you're like, what the? No, after a while you know it's one of them and then you knew it was one of those ladies and honestly i never saw them actually sell a single one to anyone i'm sure they do but i never really like paid attention you know how much have you sold today but there's just a ton of stuff down there i mean there's tons of street food you know it's like pad thai or skewers of so much meat that i don't even know what it is but, so yeah, and then there's just like, so there's basically clubs, and I wouldn't say clubs, but there's... Kind of, they're almost like... But it's outdoors. Yeah. So there's basically speakers, there's outdoor, yeah, I guess they are kind of clubs. Mm -hmm. It's loud, there's lights, there's people, there's crowds, there's it's things crazy. buying, there's fucked up people. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy, yeah. I You could, I mean, I, for me, I could walk down back and forth on that road for like a little bit. And then I was like, I, I just can't keep walking back and forth. It's just so much. But it was definitely geared toward kind of the Western tourists. And there was uh, Burger King. There was a KFC. 
there was McDonald's, a Subway, you know, like all those kind of like Western fast food chains. Yeah. And um, always a 7-Eleven. Remember those? Or multiple. <laughs> yeah. The 7-Elevens are actually rampant in Thailand. Yeah, it's funny. They, They're everywhere. They died here in the States and but they, they moved flourished. to Thailand. <laughs> yeah, they all packed up and went to Thailand. It's crazy. This is a convenience store chain, if you don't know it already, if you're maybe younger and you're listening to this, that used to be here in the States. It started here in the States, I believe. Used and to be like gas stations. Yeah, basically. it used to be gas stations. You could actually fill up gas there. Slash like mini mart or... Yeah. But then it kind of just turned into kind of your local convenience shop with, you know, food, drink, uh, just kind of whatever little snack that you want or something that you need. But yeah, they are everywhere. I would almost compare them to Starbucks as far as here in the States. Like Not as far as what they have, but as far not as... Not at all, but as far as the... Um, the sheer volume of Starbucks and how many there are here in the States. It's almost like every corner kind of has a Starbucks. It's that and then more even in Thailand with 7-Elevens. Because I remember us on a bus one day and I was looking out the bus and I saw a 7-Eleven and I literally just looked to the right of me and there was a 7-Eleven just across the street. Yeah. So, I mean, even on Khaosan Road, there's two 7-Elevens on that. Yeah. Yeah, those were right across the street from each other, too, Pretty almost. Close. Yeah. So they really like them over there. And we kind of liked them, too, because it was fucking hot. That was one of the few places where you could go in and it was nice and cool. Oh, it had blasting AC. And it felt some, amazing. Sometimes you would be, like, walking all day, and then you'd pass a 7-Eleven in the and little... The automatic door would slide open. Yeah, it would and open. And gust and just, of cool. Oof, yeah, and you're like, oh, my God. And we, I remember various times we would walk into the 7-Eleven and just, like, be looking at, like, nose hair trimmers or something random. like. It's like an air freshener, but it was just basically <laughs> was where the AC was right blowing. Right in, in front of the AC, and you're just sitting there, like, looking at it and just feeling the AC just because it was so fucking hot outside. Um, we didn't even buy anything. We were just in there to feel... A little bit of relief from the heat. During the first week, Bangkok specifically was going through like a heat wave. Mm-hmm. And that, on top of the humidity, it was crazy. Even the locals were like, it's hot. It like, was Like, this insane. isn't normal. And we were like, yeah. okay, good, because this is nuts. I thought this was like everyday life. Yeah. But it was gnarly hot for like the first full week. Yeah, I think so. And I remember we were eating dinner somewhere. It was still light out. But it was like kind of at that cooling off stage in the day, almost. Even I mean, I guess Where if at least you ever the got sun to went it, away. yeah, at least the sun wasn't beaming down on you. And I was just sitting there, and we hadn't moved for a while, but still there were like beads of sweat, just like you know, cascading down my head. I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, it was gnarly. Yeah. So yeah, we kind of got a little bit used to our little neck of the woods and how to get around and walk around and explore and stuff. And I. This just was a random memory that pops back into my head, but there was like this little uh, strip of kind of alley right next to this river, or not even like a river, it was more of like a canal nearby our uh, our hostel, and uh, you're almost walking kind of through like shop after shop after shop, or house after house after house, and there was this fat little dog that was like hairless. 
Remember oh, the sparse totally. hair? Yeah. So it, it looked like a fat little hyena or something. It did. It was, it was all spotted and... It looked like a bloated little hyena. Yeah. And uh, it was gnarly looking. Like really fucking gnarly. You'd think gnarly. it was dead, but you could see its fat belly like going up and down and it was breathing. And you're like, oh, yeah. that's alive? And Crazy. it was always like tucked away and... Well, it was always lying down somewhere. Always. Yeah. You never, never saw it mobile. Never. Or like even yeah. stood up. No. But I do remember vaguely in like a drunken kind of haze of us walking back to our hall. So I think Martin and Megan were with us at the time. So maybe I'm jumping ahead. But he uh, was up and he uh, was like looking at us or barking a bit. And I remember going over to like pet him and he totally snapped at me. And I was like, what the f Grumpy old fat thing. <laughs> But it was so funny how uh, we didn't even, you know, like, and we would always, like, walk around that corner and be like, where is he? Where is the grub? Because it was kind of an alleyway thing that you walked through to get yeah. to Kalsan Road, which... Yeah, or, get, or to get back to our place. Yeah, so you went back and forth through mm -hmm. it. Yeah, and we were always wondering where the fat... I can't remember if we gave him a name or not, but it was kind of funny. Blotus. Blotus. That's totally what it was. <laughs> Remember, yeah, Blotus. <laughs> Blotus. That's a perfect name. I'm so glad you remembered that. Oh my god. That's seriously yeah. just like jogged the title. Oh my this god, dog. that's hilarious. I totally forgot yeah. about that. Note that for the title. That's hilarious. Um, but so anyway. So. <laughs> Little little Blotus became our friend. Grumpy old Blotus. Yeah, didn't want to get on his bad side. I remember, um, too, when Martin and Megan came and we were like, mm -hmm. and this is Blotus, as yeah. we were on our way to the castle. There you go. Maybe that was when he snapped at me. But, uh, so, yeah. He's usually asleep somewhere. You never know where, but you he's always know. lying down. Yeah, he's not dead. Trust us. That's funny. Yeah. But, anyway, so we're, we're mentioning Martin and Megan, and so this is kind of why we went to Bangkok the time that we did because we were waiting for Carl's youngest brother, Martin, and his girlfriend, Megan, to come meet up with us, because they were going to spend uh, several weeks with us. And so um, their nicknames are Eminem. And, Martin and Megan. Yeah, and so we were waiting, yeah, about those eight to ten days that we had there in Bangkok for them to For them to in. arrive. Yeah, so. yeah we were just really killing time and doing a lot of exploring before they had, uh, were due to arrive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just getting a feel for the area. and Totally. Because Bangkok's got so much to see. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're, we're seriously breaking Bangkok possibly into, you know, one and a half episodes because... There's so much to cover. Yeah. We did a whole lot of exploring of the city, and when I say walking around, like we literally walked around everywhere. Yeah, like on foot. On foot, yeah. Yep. We had gone to check out Chinatown one of the nights that we were there, and that in itself was almost another little like mini culture shock. It was gnarly. It was fucking gnarly. So again, it's uh, it's more so like Chinese pagodas stuff around mm -hmm. more yeah just like Chinese stuff yeah I mean there are Chinatowns everywhere in the world yeah um I th secretly think they're kind of trying to take over <laughs> just joking but it's the one thing <laughs> oh sorry my leg was falling asleep 
that's uh yeah that they have all over is chinatowns all yeah. over the world mm -hmm. chinatown was um yeah it was a trip there were there was a lot of homeless people that we saw like a lot of poverty and one of the ones or two of the ones that really stood out to me were uh watching a guy with no legs it was like only went down to the waist yeah so it was and then nothing down to the waist and then nothing else but he had fashioned onto his um basically hips his hips this wooden board just like a plank like yeah kind of it is almost like um yeah it was like a wooden board with like two uh, pieces of wood at the bottom of it, kind of. So it was kind of raised off the ground. Yes. And you could, you know, then it, since it was mm -hmm. raised and there was room, you could grab it and from kinda, underneath. Yeah, exactly, and kind of move it with, and that's kind of what he did, was he would use one arm to stabilize himself on the ground and then grabbed the piece of wood. And I think he almost had it tied there, too, because I think he, I mean, yeah. he was mobile, totally getting around. And we saw him crossing this busy-ass road yeah, that was like, like four or five lanes wide and just traffic. Oh, it was traffic nonstop. And, and he I, just went for it. I feel like, I mean, at first, I felt really unsafe like crossing the street as I was. And I was like, this dude's just like going for it, you know? But it was crazy because he would just like have one arm and just kind of swing his mm -hmm. body yeah. and just move simultaneously move this plank of wood and then yeah. land on it and then kind of that's just yeah. how he kind of moved yeah totally and i remember there was some guy that i had seen in a wheelchair that had his legs his legs were deformed mm -hmm. to the point of where they looked like they had i want to say like melted but like his bones had melted but not like from a fire oh. but like if you compare it to like noodles and once you boil noodles and they're just wet and bend however which oh, way yeah. okay. that's how his legs were bent were just mm -hmm. so warped yeah and since he couldn't use them they were super small yeah and there was literally no muscle on yeah. his legs and it was just skin around these warped bones mm -hmm. in his in his wheelchair and yeah. i was just like jesus christ yeah and I mean, I, we also saw a guy who was, he had one arm and that was the only limb that he had. He was literally dragging himself with his one arm just on the ground, on the sidewalk. It was crazy. It was nuts. And I so don't know. This, it was specifically Chinatown too, where was. we saw this and we were just like, what is yeah. going on? Yeah. So it was, it was a bit crazy and a bit eye opening of just like, you really do not know how fortunate you are until you start seeing people who are very, you know, just unfortunate with yeah. their circumstances and what they're dealing with and what they're going through. It just really kind of slaps you in the face as yeah. far as like, wow, makes you kind of appreciate what you got, you know? Yeah, there's like a woman with this huge cyst out the out of her side or yeah. something. It was like the size of a football. It's crazy, yeah. yeah. You know, it's just like little things like, the, you know, you wouldn't expect you're going to see in Asia. And we yeah, were... you could see anything there. We were uh, we were actually going to ship some stuff back that we just didn't plan on using for yeah, a while. Yeah, stuff we didn't need anymore. Yeah. They're like my hiking shoes that were toast. Uh, mm. I guess I really just could have tossed them. But yeah. anyway, yeah, we sent a package home. Yeah, and so at, on our way to sending this package home, <laughs> we like turn a corner and there's this completely naked old man just sitting in a corner and he's like flipping his junk and just like 
He was just sitting yeah. on a piece of cardboard, like in a windowsill area yeah. of this business or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and he was just naked sitting on this cardboard. Yeah. And so and, I was like, oh, 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 okay. <laughs> you know? So yeah. you just, you really just don't know what you're going to see around any corner. It's interesting. Yeah. There was this one section of a uh, near Kalsan Road where you walked where there was this uh, bigger lady. Mm. And they were also just on the on the sidewalk on mm-hmm. a bunch of cardboard, and she had what like two kids, yeah, younger kids, mm-hmm. and they had like a cup or a hat or something to yeah, if anyone wanted to donate, you know, or just give them. Some they were money. always just lying down or sleeping, and yeah, mm-hmm. it looked like it was just where they live was just oh yeah for sure on this cardboard on the sidewalk yeah like there were, nothing there there were a lot of uh street vendors who would uh shut down for the night and then their little stand would become where they slept uh that was in a lot of places um, yeah so a lot of humbling experiences for sure and uh really eye-opening mm-hmm. definitely it's it's hard to not feel compelled not, to yeah, give something. It really is hard to not feel... Which you could, but... You could. The thing is, is that while we're traveling the world and we've got this, you know, budget, we can't really hand out to anybody. Or not hand out to anybody, but we can't hand, hand out to everybody. Because we would go broke in like, you know, a couple months, I feel like, yeah, if you were to hand out to everybody. Collectively, definitely shell out a lot of money if yeah. you were to... Even though, I mean, there were some people that I felt, you know, definitely compelled to want to help out. Like that one woman with her two kids, I gave them money. And yeah. There was um, a couple days that we had gone back to this. There are these large kind of uh, shopping complexes. They're huge. They they're are like, huge. They're like westernized markets, sort of huge. They are, yeah. And so uh, if you wanted to, say, you know, go, if you're like a big shopper and you wanted to check out, you know, name brand stores, this would be where you would find those. Because literally any name brand you could think of, they're in these towers. There was basically, they were brand new, I think, too, yeah. when we got there. But mm-hmm. there was three of them, like, right next to each other. They're yeah. all Siams. Yeah. There's a Siam Discovery, one's a Center, and one's a Paragon. Yeah. And they each have kind of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're all massive. And then just around the corner, too, is another big building, which is the MBK building, mm-hmm. which is just full of just about anything you can think of. That place was a labyrinth. Yeah, there's yeah. one section on one floor where it's almost like really condensed flea market style little booths that sell clothes or shoes or, yeah. you know, And really, anything. yeah, you don't go into those places unless you're looking for something specific and you really, like, that's what you need to go. I mean, unless you really enjoy enjoy shopping because I, I was... I thought it was worth it look because it oh, was totally. crazy. Oh, totally. But for me, I was getting, like, anxiety just walking in there because it is uh, first stimulation overload and then it's constantly people like oh you want this you want you know just like Uh, really trying to sell you stuff that gets old quick and it's it's hard yeah it's hard to just be like no uh no you know no and they they really like put it on they put the pressure down yeah they do so unless you're really you know trying to find something specific (laughs) you know or you just want to experience it you know go for it um or if you love shopping and you love getting hassled and you love getting ripped off (laughs) (laughs) and go there but yeah so these places were gigantic and 
one one reason why we would go back to these a couple different times were for the food the food courts yeah and then the supermarket because the supermarket was huge yeah and had it was literally like a huge grocery store oh anything you could think of you could get there. Yeah, whether you needed like more toothpaste or like some small scissors. Or bug spray. Or, or... if you wanted to buy a bag of crickets. Yeah. You know, it's like. <laughs> yes, they had it or all. Or if you wanted some fresh produce. Yeah. Or... Oh. Actually, they... their fruit selection was amazing. It was and the best. And they had I like freshly seen. squeezed juices. Mm-hmm. And we're talking like tropical fruit that you don't see often Dragon or at all fruit. here. Passion Dragon fruit, fruit. mangosteen, mangosteen, like coconut, any, mangoes. Yeah, anything it was that you all wanted. Amazing. You could get there. It was it was phenomenal. So this, yeah, we did go back a couple times um, just to you know shop for food mostly. But the food court itself was just also massive. It like took up the whole uh, level of one of those big buildings and it had uh, specific little restaurants or stalls that were designed for like they did one thing really really well right like, like a bowl of uh, ramen or like uh, yeah like one little noodle shop or one specifically for dumplings or another one for skewers of different meats or like desserts over here you know it was just you could really so much food and it was all so good i'm getting hungry and i could literally go back to asia just for the food (laughs) i know seriously i could just go back just to eat yeah it's crazy and everything even if you're like even though we were in these big shopping complexes the food was pretty decently priced. Yeah. I mean, so. it was more expensive than the street food. Of course. But yeah. it was still, uh, yeah, it was still definitely reasonable. Mm-hmm. If you compared it to back home to yeah, whatever Western country or exactly. state, whatever yeah. you're from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the days, so we were in one of the 7-Elevens. And we and... were basically just getting water to head to the Chatter Check markets. Yeah. And so we get out of the 7-Eleven and a guy had come up and just like commented on Carl's burly beard at the time or his tattoos that he has on his legs that are very noticeable. And this was just a guy walking down the street and I was just out front waiting for Wit to check out of the 7-Eleven yeah. with her water. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he had basically mentioned, we just started talking and hitting it off and, and then he had mentioned, oh, it's Lucky National Lucky Buddha Day or Lucky Buddha Day. And he was mm-hmm. saying, if you go to... If you're up, up for sightseeing on this day, you know, you can go to the tuk-tuks with yellow license plates. Mm-hmm. And he, you have a map? I was like, yeah, I got a map. Mm-hmm. And he was basically circling all these popular monuments. Just these different, locations, like, tourist destinations that you would want to see. Just things to see and check yeah, out that exactly. were all over town. And he was circling, like, where everything is. Mm-hmm. And that it only cost you like 80 baht to see it all. 40 baht. 40? Was that what it was? It was like nothing. That's why we were like, oh my God, like not even two bucks to do this? Sure. And we were like, that sounds too good to be true. He's like, no, no, I'll tell you. And he he basically called over a tuk-tuk and said some shit in Thai and like explained to the guy like, you know. What we wanted to do. And and he like nodded in approval. And we were like, wow, really crazy. like, oh, cool. And so, you know, one of the places that it said we were going to go was the Standing Buddha, which was our first stop. And we get there, and it's this massive Standing Buddha. And it, out front, was like a, you know, pretty big courtyard area, like temple. And there were people, you know, worshipping and 
and doing prayers and and we get there and it's pretty amazing and so we're you know sitting there and just admiring it we're taking some photos and you know just kind of admiring the body of work that it took to make this fucking huge buddha because it probably stood like at least maybe 60, 70 foot feet tall. Yeah, it was huge. It was huge. Trying to convert that into meters because we're the only I, ones who use feet. Yeah. I think it's like 20 it's like meters five or stories something. tall. Yeah, it's huge. So yeah, we see that and we're like, wow, that's, that's amazing. That's really cool. And then we jump back into the tuk-tuk and we go to something else called the Lucky Buddha. And so this felt like a very unique experience where he took us and there weren't any other like tuk-tuks around. There was no around. one else there. Yeah, it wasn't busy with tourists. And he introduced us to this guy who in, like introduces himself as being a teacher and, you know, tells us. His English us, was pretty good, actually. His Engli- English was amazing. Yeah. And so he's explaining to us the significance of this lucky Buddha and where it had come from, how long it had been around. And he kind of like lets us into this gated courtyard where there are these, you know, monasteries where you know, he's been teaching and he takes us over to where this lucky Buddha was. And like, we take photos in front of it. Uh, You give like a small little donation to the box that it had. And then, you know, you like remove your feet. You take your feet off, you lop your feet off, and then you go and live in Chinatown with the rest of the people. (laughs) Oh my God. No. (laughs) Um, So yeah. You take your shoes off before you, you know, go in there and see it, just to be respectful. But yeah, so this was, that was a cool experience, you know. And we then go to a place where it was like a travel agency. And I'm going to say that with um, air quotes, because we get there and this was when it kind of started feeling slightly shady to me. Because we we had planned to go to the full moon party in Copenhagen, Mm -hmm. which was... Once Martin and Megan got there. Was it once a year? No. It was was every full moon, yeah. It was once a month, yeah. Yeah, okay. But yeah, yeah, it's a full moon party, and we were like, oh, we have to do that. It's just a must-do. Yeah. So we were going to get tickets for all four of us Mm -hmm. to get there. Just so they didn't have to worry about it when they got there. Yeah, it was all handled. All they had to do was reimburse us. Yeah, exactly. So... Once we get to this travel agency, we're asking them, okay, how much, you know, would it take to get down there? Because it involved, like, a train, a, train. a bus, and a ferry. Yeah, so it ha- had a lot going on with it. And so she tells us a certain price. And this is one thing I don't think we've talked about um, yet in this episode. But you need to haggle. Like, this is just what happens. It's, like, customary. It is customary to... Barter. barter you're not really barter because you're not exchanging anything but money but it's yeah, just haggling you're haggling yeah yeah you're trying to get the price lower than what they're giving you because 100 percent 110 percent you're getting ripped off if you go with the first price they give you this is just a fact <laughs> and honestly it feels like after a while of dealing with this mm-hmm. you almost feel because Thai people are very friendly. Some are genuinely friendly and some are just, there's like a fake face on and they're really just looking to fuck you over. Yeah. 
for as much money as they can get out of you. Totally. And you just feel like a wallet with legs. And well, everyone's yeah. just looking at you and seeing a dollar sign. Yeah. This is their livelihood, though. This is their job. This is how they make money. I know, is... but it makes you feel so disconnected from anyone. And you, I don't know, after a while, I felt like I just didn't want to talk to any local. Yeah, it's hard. It's definitely hard. I completely agree you get, with that. I don't know. Me, personally, I get sick of it. And yeah. I'm like, everyone's just trying to fuck me over and I'm just getting taken for a ride from everyone and yeah it's like you got to watch everything and if you don't come to an agreement on a price beforehand then they're gonna jump this yeah you know huge oh this is thirty dollars yeah you know. well see that's where what I'm saying is that you have to barter yeah. and so beforehand well I guess what are you saying beforehand yeah like well, yeah you don't agree things. to a price and you're like yeah here's the money no but i mean like for instance if you were to rent a motorbike and yeah. like filled up on someone's gas oh and yeah. then they told you how much it was they're gonna well, yeah. since it's too late sort of thing yeah, versus yeah. like before you fill it come to a price or before you get in a tuk-tuk and you get to your destination yeah. they're gonna be like oh it's a thousand yeah. baht oh definitely versus before you get into the tuk-tuk be like this is where I'm going, I can give you this much, and you go back and forth and come yeah. to an agreement. If it's too much, then you shoo them away, and you get the next one, or the next taxi, or whatever you're going for. So tip number one, always agree to the price before any goods or services are exchanged. Correct. Tip number two, if you're bartering, whatever price they give you, you're cutting it in half immediately. Yeah. And that's what you do. And they are never going to agree on that half price because they're saying, oh, no, way too low. But the thing is, is that you jump rule, up a little. No, rule of thumb, that price that they've given you is like 75% more inflated. than inflated. Yeah. And that's what they're going off of. So if they're not going to agree to that half price, then you just walk. You go soon, to the next person. Well, this is the thing. As someone soon, else has it or someone else can give you a ride. Can I keep saying what no, I'm saying? No, you're done. That's no. It. Okay, you're finished. Uh, as soon as you start to walk, they're going to go, oh, oh, no, wait, come here. You know, because they're losing a sale. Right. So as soon as you start to walk, that's when you kind of have them. So if they don't go right to that half price... Uh, you can still keep walking and then just go to a next one if you want. Yeah, because some won't budge. Then. No, if some you, won't. If you say half and then you walk away, some some of them are like, fuck it, I'm going to get the next exactly. sucker. And literally, I would not, if I really needed something or I really wanted something and they didn't just kind of hover right around it's that half price budge. or go just above it, I would just say, you know, fuck it, okay, I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah. Because literally, it's like once you start seeing how much you can get certain things for and then you kind of practice with it and go to different stalls and you're like okay well okay this is how and it's literally just you have to start getting out there and practicing with bartering because that's the only way that you're going to be able to save your money and not just get ripped off left and right yeah because um, a lot of things just aren't you know outwardly priced yeah no, uh, nothing's priced outwardly certain restaurants they have like a menu oh well they do yeah or, it's uh, this doesn't, so everything we're telling you, this is on the streets for certain goods um, or like cabs or tuk-tuks or tickets, for instance, like what we're dealing with here with this woman that yeah. we're, you know, sitting in front of trying to get to Copenhagen with. But this does not 
apply to restaurants that are, you know, basically if there's go no price given, yeah. you got to haggle and come to an agreement on a price exactly. before anything's been exchanged. And even with um, most like food carts that are out like serving, okay, say they do like a fruit smoothie, you're not going to barter with them on your fruit smoothie. Like you're like, okay, it's, it's pretty plain, you know, that this is how much it's going to be. So back to our National Buddha Day ride. Mm-hmm. We were trying to get the tickets from this woman, and she was telling us a price, and we didn't have any experience with haggling at this point in time. We really didn't. It's awkward this was, at first. It was pretty awkward at, at first, too. And dealing with something like tickets, I didn't really expect that that's something that we needed to do or that was okay to do. You know, I wasn't sure how that worked. So we kind of went with the price that she gave us. Because we thought it was just like a set price then. It was just like, well, yeah, we sell these tickets. This Mm -hmm. is how much they cost. Exactly. So we're like, oh, okay, here you go. And literally they said that they had to call somebody and get the tickets and that the tuk-tuk driver could take us to a couple more places and that we could come back and then pick up the tickets once they were there. Yeah. And we were going, okay, that sounds pretty sketch that we're just leaving you with our money and... Okay. It felt, so. it didn't feel too bad yet because it kind of made sense. Like they had to go to the train station and get the tickets and bring it back. And... For me, my red flags were going up. I was like, I don't like the sound of this. But we kind of went with it and we get back into the tuk tuk and he takes us to um, a suit shop. So it was labeled on the map that the random dude outside the 7 Eleven gave, gave us as an expo. And we were thinking, oh, a big, you know, and he kind of described it as a big marketplace with a lot of different stalls. And we're like, oh, okay, well, we're not really looking to do shopping, but sure. And literally all it was was one suit shop. And there were these two. Well, I think there is an expo, but he didn't take us to that one. No, could have been. I don't know. Because this is the thing, like, it's all connected, Mm -hmm. and they'll take you to wherever they get the most commission. Well, exactly. But I pointed to the expo on the map, and the guy's like, yeah, it's this. It's this. So he takes us to this suit shop. There's two Indian guys. We get in there. They're being pretty nice and friendly with us, and they're giving us, like, juice boxes and sat us down on this couch, and we're just, like, showing us... I was like, oh, I don't want a suit. No, and I was immediately, once we got in there, I was like, I I think we even told the tuk-tuk driver, we don't need to go in here. And he's like, no, you go, you go. And was like, like, oh, just just go in and just talk to him. Yeah, very, like, just kind of forcing us to go in here. And we're like, But friendly and with a smile. Exactly. That's how it's all approached with every time. And so you don't want to be rude. You don't want to be disrespectful. So we go in there, and literally, like, I knew immediately that we were getting had. Once we went into this suit shop, I was like, this has all been a fucking scam. Yeah. And so I sit down on the couch and I know, you know, I'm not fucking buying a suit. And so they really start to kind of look to Carl and start pressuring him. And the one guy came over to me and was like, oh, you want a dress? You want a dress? I was like, look at me. I'm not going to fucking wear a dress. Like, no, thank you. And so I just kind of like crossed my arms, drank my little (laughs) juice box and was like, "Mm, nope, sorry. But they really tried pressuring Carl into getting a suit. Yeah, and they were, I mean, I was like, I'm never going to wear a suit. And he's like, oh, you'll wear one of these suits, I promise you. Yeah. And it was like, look at the prices. And yeah. was, you know, flipping through these receipts of mm-hmm. how much he was selling suits for and how much he would sell me one for. Yeah. 
And it was like, oh, let, let me measure you. And yeah. just being really friendly and mm -hmm. really nice, but it's all bullshit. And we're like, we're backpackers. We don't need to use this suit. Like, it's like, oh, you can ship it home. Yeah, this is how much I can cost easy. or charge yeah. you to ship it back home. Oh, yeah. It's, they're putting Really on. putting it down. Yeah, exactly. So, and I just kept saying, I don't know how many times I said no. Well, and there was a couple times where you were considering it. And you, like, looked over and I was like, no. Yeah, then I, like, I'd think about it. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, no, I don't want a fucking exactly, suit. Exactly, yeah. I'm like, this is totally so how they get people. They have a way of persuading you. So yeah. uh, once we got out of that store and we like, Let's go literally get were just like, no, um, we get back into the tuk-tuk and the driver's demeanor changed almost He's like, oh, instantly. did you get a suit? And yeah. we were like, no. Yeah. And he was just like instantly. Instantly. No smiles. Unhappy. No niceness. Yeah, very unhappy. But he takes us to this other like temple place, which was also, again, really cool and something that we probably would have wanted to go see. Right. And so we explored the grounds of that. We took a lot of photos. We had a good time. But we were also, it was like in the back of our mind, like, how do we get out of this? I think because now we were separate from the driver who was basically waiting out front with the tuk-tuk. And we were like, we need to get the fuck like, we yeah. need to get our tickets and then bounce. Yeah, because we already had money attached in, yeah. in this scheme. So we're like, okay, Which well... Which we were also like, I wonder if that's even going to be there now. I and thought it was going to be gone. I thought that they were long gone with our cash. I was like, this is what we... We need to get our tickets mm -hmm. and then peace out. And yeah. Just so, split. So basically, we get back in the tuk-tuk. We go back to that place, which luckily was still no, there. No, he wanted to take us to another suit shop. Oh, yeah, that's right. And we pull up, and we weren't even... I was like, no. we're not getting out of the tuk-tuk. Yeah. We tuk -tuk. just stayed in the tuk-tuk. And he was like, no, just just go inside, sit no. down. And we're like, no. Mm -mm. We're going back to the ticket place now. Yeah. And this took like it four took or five while. back and forth. So, oh, just, just go inside. Yeah. And you just have a rest. And mm -hmm. we're like, no. He kept asking me, do you wear jewelry? Do you have rings? Do you have bracelets? I was like holding up my hands. I was like, no. Because gems are a huge <laughs> I don't want to go, yeah. So finally, we persuade him to go back to that ticket shop for us because we wanted to pick up our tickets. We get there. We pay, or we're, we've already paid. So luckily, they're there with our tickets. So we do have all the like, tickets oh, and everything God. we need. Yeah. And so then we come back out and we're like, all right, bye. So we, we pay bas him. I basically hand him... The whatever forty bot, I think yeah. it was forty a person. It could have been. I don't. Either it was way, cheap, we gave though. them what was agreed upon, mm -hmm. and then I knew where we were. Yeah. Because we'd been zipping back and forth all over town, and we were pretty close to Kalsan Road. Yeah. And I was like, "Here's your money," and we just bounced and like walked off because yeah. I knew how to get back on foot. Yeah. It we was like, like mm -mm. a weight off your mind of just being out of the scam. Totally. Fucking tuk tuk run. Yeah. So we were like, "Yeah, lucky Buddha day, my ass." And then we were like, "Is the guy that the random dude that just stands outside Seven Elevens in on all this?" And we we're like, "Totally," you know. It's it was, all weirdly connected. Yeah, so and. Yeah, like later on, a few days later or something, some guy was like, oh, it's National Lucky Buddha Day. And we were like, fuck you. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. I yeah. just like smiled and was like, no. No, dude. Kept walking. Like, and it always starts with, hey, nice beard. Or, oh, I like your tattoos. And I was like, mm-mm, Carl, keep walking. Yeah, so, so. Yeah. But we, I mean, we learned that lesson. And I'm glad that we did early on because then we knew what to look for and kind of how to feel, you know, about something like that. Yeah, and just so, how to have a firm stance of where... Yeah, stay on your ground. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, we gotta go, <laughs> unfortunately. But there is still so much to talk about um, Bangkok. My God, yeah. It's crazy. 
So thanks for listening. We Thank you unfortunately so much, you guys. have to cut it a little short, yeah. even though as far as what we have on our list, exactly. So time wise, it'll probably be normal. But we're running late on time. But we also want to say uh, we just got to 600 downloads. So thank you so much for listening, you guys. Thank we you, really huge. Really appreciate it. That's pretty badass. All the support is much appreciated. Definitely. Thank you so much. We're glad you're enjoying the episodes and. Really, um, if you'd like to support us, you can leave us a review on like iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Like, or, subscribe, review. Yeah, like, subscribe, review, share with your friends, tell people about it, whatever you want to do. We really want to keep up with this podcast and hopefully, you know, have it become something we do full time and have, you know, going while we're on the road. Yeah, so we, we want to keep it going strong. We still got tons yeah. of stories. And we've got tons oh, of tips. A lot more that we're going to be making in the future. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Peace out, guys. See you next week. Later. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to our podcast. If you feel inclined, leave us a comment or review. Tell someone you know who might enjoy to have a listen. And feel free to share on your choice of social media. If you want to know more about us or see any photos of our travels, you can check out our website at trailofbeans.com. We also have a Facebook page where you can follow us on our upcoming adventures and get updates along the way, which can be found by searching at symbol The Bean Trail. We'll be back next week. Same beans, same pod. <laughs>